Victory Podcast. We are 25 days away from the start of the Titans 2020 football season. I am fired up for it, and I know my guys are as well. Welcome into the Second and Victory podcast. You can get us on Twitter at Second and Victory. We are brought to you from the Broadway Sports Media uh, Network. Um, my name is Austin Nelson, and I am joined by my two co-hosts, my guys, Brett Batchelor and Chris Carter. What is up, fellas? What is going on? How's it going? Chris, welcome back, man. Thank you. Thank you. I'll move into my new house. Yes. Um, we had to, uh, unfortunately, have Rhett Bryan on with us last week. And not, not unfortunately about that, but unfortunately, <laughs> didn't, unfortunately didn't have you with us. I kind of I missed, right, that, I missed right. that. We know where yeah, you're going. Exactly. Uh, no, man, I, I, went, I went back and listened to the episode, and Rhett, as always, was, was great. I think you two asked great questions, and overall, really enjoyed the episode. It was it was a good uh, it was a great podcast and I always enjoy having Red on but uh, man glad you're back and and we got the with the boys back so uh, w- listen we uh, kind of first wanted to start off by uh, you know talking about sports in general uh, we love the Titans obviously this is a Titans centered podcast but you know we always down we're sports nuts and sports fanatics so we always want to kind of talk about something else and kind of lighten the mood every now and then so Chris you know you you've been gone for a week. What have you been watching? Your big Grizzlies guy, your Preds guy. What on TV has kind of caught your eye? Well, my favorite thing happened uh, in the last week, and that was Nashville SC got their first yes, win. Here we go. Yes. yes. I was hoping uh, you were going to say as, that. As an SC ticket holder, uh, very proud of that. Uh, I do have one major complaint that I want to voice. Uh, I live in the Nashville area. Uh, I have AT&T TV streaming service, oh. which has my TV 30, and I still can't watch the game because it's blacked out because it's on a streaming service and not cable. Why do we have uh, blackouts in 2020? Why do we have blackouts in 2020? It makes no sense. It, it especially makes no sense that some random guy in Nebraska could have an easier time watching my local team than I could. I had it on ESPN+. Yeah, exactly. So, complaint complaint aside, Nashville SC got their first win. Came out of Dallas uh, with four points, uh, which yep. is huge. We had a win and a draw. Um, so, pr- pretty good start uh, to the to the refreshed season here. Uh, obviously, uh, NSC had to make up a couple games because not getting to play in the MLS's back tournament. But you know, we we had a couple. A couple of our young guys really show out uh, in that in those games, which was awesome. Um, so anxious to see, uh, anxious to see what the rest of the season looks like for them. Grizzlies um, had a pretty tough road mm-hmm. uh, trying trying to make it through the the NBA bubble season. Um, proud of that team, though, man. Nobody expected them to be anything, and there they were. Uh, right on the edge of the playoffs in, in John Morant's first season um, and, and played several of those games in the bubble without uh, 3J, as I like to call him, Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and without Tyus Jones, which was huge because Tyus Jones is probably the best backup point guard we've ever had in a Grizzlies uniform. Um, so 
Overall, uh, tough luck with them. Uh, don't even want to talk about the Preds. I'll let y'all talk about that. <laughs> well, I'll start. I'll that's, start with, that's another level of depression. Yeah, I'll, I'll start with the I'll start with the Grizzlies just because I am a basketball nut, man. I love the NBA more. You know, just right after I love the NFL. So, um, as a big basketball fan, man, the Grizzlies. I'll be honest, got the shit into the stick when it comes to like scheduling. Yes. Chris, and you agree with me on that too. I mean, listen to the, the teams you had to play to get to the playoffs, and this is not fair because I don't. I mean, the uh, the Blazers didn't go through this, but you guys started with the Blazers. You had the Spurs who were fighting for a playoff spot, the Pelicans who were fighting for a playoff spot, the Jazz who were in, the Thunder who were in, the Raptors who were in, the Celtics and Bucks. That is a gauntlet to get to the playoffs, man. You're asking a lot from a rookie who will be the rookie of the year in John Moran. But then, uh, as you like to call him, was it 3J? Is that what you said? 3J. Yeah. 3J. 3J gets hurt. Jaron Jackson Jr. gets hurt. And so, I mean, right there, he's your second best player. And so, you can't, I mean, you're, you're relying on a lot with, with John Morant to, to lead you and be a very hot Blazers team. And, and Dane was cooking um, the last four or five games in the bubble. So, the NBA, I, I've enjoyed watching the bubble. I think it's been a great experience. It's been different. Um, I don't know if we'll ever get to see something like this again, so I'm kind of savoring the moment. The refereeing has been atrocious. Oh my so god! And they have called. It, it's actually been fouls. awful. Yes, I mean, it, game after game, it's something new. I think, and, and I kind of had a feeling that it'll be this way. The very first game, if you guys remember, it was the Lakers Clippers to kind of start yep. the NBA restart again. There were 17 fouls in the first quarter, and I was like, okay, this is this isn't going to be good, and so. They just called it the softest fouls this week. If you guys remember the uh, the foul on Christos Porzingis. That was really, was I was going to bring that up. That was breaking really cool. up a technical, and he gets a double take and gets thrown out the game, which, you know, they could have won the game um, if sure. they had him at the end against the uh, against the Clippers. So, dude, I just yeah. – I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure the Grizzlies in their first uh, bubble game had the most – uh, had the most free throw attempts in team history or the second most or something like that. It was an insanely high amount of free throw attempts. And and that, that's just – I mean, the Grizzlies don't really get foul. You know, the they foul went like, – Chris, I'm looking at it now. They went 38 of 50 at the free throw line. Insane. 50. 50 free throws. Yeah. I mean, that tells you right there that the refs just called everything. I, I mean, how many guys were fouled out in that game? My God. Um. But yeah, dude, I'm uh, I'm hurt that Gord Hayward's out now as a Celtics fan. Um, I still think we have a chance to find our way to the finals. It'll be tough, man. The uh, the Bucks have not looked good this week, no. um, losing to the Magic. So that was a uh, that was like a 16 seed beating the one seed in the NCAA tournament kind of thing. It had like if you guys watched the game, it had that kind of like NCAA tournament feel to it. It was cool watching. Um, super exciting game, but. Uh, yeah, I'm just glad sports are back. We have something to talk about. And uh, I know, yeah, Chris, as you kind of mentioned, the Preds, it's something we kind of just don't want to talk about because I think we're all just kind of in shock of how poorly they played um, against the Coyotes. Who knows? Brett may want to talk about them. Bro, Brett, do you want to talk man, about it? Let me tell you. No, but I will. <laughs> um, let me tell you what. I am struggling when it comes to being a sports fan. And honestly, I've been struggling for the past, I don't know, my my life, honestly, when it comes to being a sports fan, uh, <laughs> cause I mean, 
Except for 2015, because and Austin can attest to this for before people start saying things. I've I've been a Lakers fan since LeBron since before LeBron was there. Excuse me. So that's the only thing I got going for me right now. There will but, be no Laker talk on his podcast, bro. <laughs> I didn't plan on going in depth with it. I didn't okay. plan on going in depth with it. But, um, but that's the only thing I got going for me right now because the Titans we know have. Uh, I mean, no fans. So that's gonna be tough, at least for now. No fans. So that's that's gonna be a struggle. The Royals, I mean, good night. I mean, we had 2014, 2015, and that's the only two seasons in my entire life that I've seen the Royals be good. And now, I mean, we're young now, but, I mean, back to 9-14, and 14, last in the division. And so that's that's not going well for me. Uh, the Predators, that's that's not going well for me right now. Um, but I I love all sports, as you guys know, as we all do. So I've I've watched a ton of MLS, a ton of NBA, and a ton of MLB. And for the other people out there, I have no issue at all with Fernando Tatis swinging at the three zero pitch. No, thank There's God. No issue Great. at all. With that. Good swing good away. Job. Don't 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 get behind in the count if you're the pitcher, and don't throw him a meatball on a three zero count in the first place. It's but, uh, it's funny you say that. I uh, was watching the game when it happened, and uh, dude, if you don't want him to hit him on a three zero count, don't serve it up to him like don't that. Don't throw I mean, him this guy, don't, this don't guy throw it on the is. Ladder. The future of the MLB, probably. I mean, 100%. people call people call him the face of the MLB right now behind Mike Trout. Um, he is a stud. Yes. And uh, I had no problem with it. And it's baseball, man. The game is not over. No, who who 100%. knows? You're down seven runs, but that's nothing. A team no. can come back and get that in one inning now. Well, I mean, if you if you watch the beginning of the basketball game last night, I mean, did did anybody else see the Clippers go up? What was it, eighteen to two? Yeah. Before the Mavericks came on, that then the Mavericks went on a forty-four to I think it, it was forty-four exactly. to twenty-one. So, so I mean, it, nothing is ever over. I mean, so that almost at zero, the the game's not over. It almost tells me that the Rangers manager was saying, "Listen, if you, if he wouldn't have swung at that pitch, we I mean, he's surrendering the game. Like we're down 100%. seven runs. That's exactly yeah. what he's telling me. Yeah. I thought it yeah. was absolute bullshit too. How everybody's just yeah. kind of causing a scene and, about that. And real quick too, you you mentioned Mike Trout. And I've been on this for a while now, but I it is unbelievable to me about how Mike Trout statistically and honestly, not even statistically, is one of the greatest players ever. Yeah. And nobody talks about him like he is. Like no, I agree. He's he is the and now granted, I think part of it is probably because he's with the Angels. And but I mean, credits to him for staying there his whole career. Cause I mean, if he was with the Yankees or the Cubs or the Dodgers. There's no telling where he would where he would be like face of the face of the franchise face of the league wise, but that dude is on and he started on a tear. That, I mean, he's leading the league in home runs until Tatis hit two last night. But it's 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 I mean, this is his league and it has been for a long time. And I would just like for him to be recognized for it. I agree. Um, I think I mean this is I, I don't know if it's too premature, but I think when it's all said and done, Mike Trout will be the greatest baseball player of all time. I I, I agree. I agree. I and he's, truly he's, agree. He's, He's what, 30, 29, 30? Yeah, I mean, he's still got a lot of years left. He got a huge contract just a couple years back from the Angels. Yep. I, I I hate that he – I don't know if he's wasting his career in L.A. Uh, with the Angels, but, yeah. he, I mean, has he ever made the playoffs? Maybe once? Oh, gosh. I'm going to look that up, actually. Joe Madden is the manager now. I love that. Um, he's yep. back home in L.A. Um, they, they're starting to build a squad. Yeah, Otani, you have Rendon. They're going to have a team – 
they just got to get some pitching, and uh, Mike Trout has to find a way to get in the playoffs. And uh, Mike Trout he, just turned like two weeks. Actually, last week, Mike Trout turned 29 years old. There we go. So, so he's, got, he, he's got another six, seven years left. Been, his, been, been in the league since 2011. He's yeah. an eight-time All-Star, three-time MVP, seven-time Silver Slugger Award, two-time Hank Aaron Award. He's in the 30-30 club. He's hit for the cycle. He's led the AL in RBIs, home runs. He was the rookie of the year. I mean, this guy's got it all. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, yeah, listen, uh, I uh, – okay, I'm, I'm botching it here. I think what – you know, going off the rails a little bit, but I think Brett uh, talking about his teams kind of brings up a good point. I don't know that we've ever actually discussed who we root for. Uh, on this show, Ooh, so just briefly, I think I think that's a that's something we can kind of clarify. First of all, I'm a Tennessee pro sports fan across the board, so Titans, Grizzlies, Preds, Nashville SC, and then uh, I don't know if y'all can tell I've been pretty silent for the last five minutes because I don't follow baseball really at all. <laughs> However, my parents are diehard Cubs fans, so that's who okay. I root for when I do watch it. I man, so. As y'all know, I, I'm from Alabama originally, and I, I go to school down here, not to the University of Alabama, um, thankfully. I don't want to go there because I am a Tennessee fan, so that explains that. My family's from Tennessee, so University of Tennessee fan, Tennessee Titans fan. Uh, when I was young, I became a Kobe guy, so that's where the Lakers come from, and I, I didn't sway away when they got bad, even when Kobe was hurt when he retired. I stayed there, so Titans, Vols, Lakers. Kansas City Royals, that and being from Alabama, that's kind of odd not being a Braves fan, but I got a bunch of family in Missouri and Kansas, and so that's where that comes from. Let's see, what am I leaving? Nashville SC right there with you, Chris. Predators right there with you. And then, as both y'all know as well, I, I play college golf. So anything that's golf-related, shout-out Colin Morikawa to a great week at the PJ Championship. Yes. Um, two weeks ago, that was fantastic. The driver on 16 he hit was unbelievable. Yeah, and then I got to give I gotta give a plug and a major shout-out. Major shout Go – Falcons, not Atlanta Falcons, but University of Montevallo Falcons. That's why I play college golf. So I, I got to give a major shout out to the school. Major shout out to university. Nothing wrong with that. I love it. Um, yeah, Brett is still uh, in school, almost done with it, but uh, still balling out and uh, will be your 2033 Masters champion. So just look, 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 out, for, look out for that. But uh, yeah, to me, real quick, we'll run through this and, uh, and get kind of some, talking some Titans. Uh, I am a obviously diehard Titans fan. Um, unfortunately, Vanderbilt Commodores fan. That is nothing, <laughs> nothing I want to talk about at the moment, except if you want to talk about Vanderbilt baseball, yep. I'll have a great conversation with you. But other than that, not our uh, not our brightest moment at the moment. So um, I am a, like I said earlier, uh, diehard Boston Celtics fan. That is like my second team. Don't ask me why. Uh, randomly in 2008, I went to the year they won the finals. With the big three, I went to a Grizzlies-Celtics game, and I didn't really care for the NBA at that time. But I went to that game, and we sat five rows from the floor behind the Celtics bench. And I kind of just fell in love with them then. Um, Listening to Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen and Paul Pierce kind of chatter with each other on the bench was super cool. So I kind of fell in love with the Celtics then and been riding with them ever since. Um, And I'm also a Boston Red Sox fan um, because of David Price. So I followed David Price throughout his entire career from Vandy with the Rays to the Tigers to the Blue Jays to the Red Sox. And so when he finally went to the Red Sox, I was like, listen, I need the MLB team. I'm sticking with them through thick and thin. And so um, have been a fan of theirs since 2017 when David got there. And then now he's obviously in L.A. with the Dodgers. Soft subject for me. Let's not talk about that either. And Mookie Betts. Yep. So uh, not the hottest 
year for the Red Sox right now. Some things going on, obviously, that you know you guys can probably know about already with the cheating scandal and whatnot. So, um, yeah, that's that's me. And so, obviously, the Preds too. So, man, you know, low key. I mean, have we seen if we go through all of our teams? Have we seen much winning in the past ten years? Um, Grizzlies, Titans. Royals, Royals. I mean, we won the championship in fifteen. Last last ten years, Grizzlies, Grizzlies for sure. I mean, we were we were a playoff team for seven straight seasons. Yeah, right, uh, right. Up until a couple years ago, so I'd say winning, yes, championships. I the the Red Sox won one in twenty eighteen. Royals had one in fifteen. That's it, really. Yeah. Now, now we got to do is get the Titans there. They're close. That's a that's a they're close, and um, that's kind of something we can we can talk about now um with first off we can kind of go a few ways with this but i want to start with uh obviously the news this week about there will be no fans in this stadium uh mayor john cooper who was the mayor of nashville and the titans talked about there'll be no fans for the home opener against the jacksonville jaguars and so that's hurt hurt and it hurts to, to to hear i haven't missed the titans home opener in Ever, honestly, I can't tell you the. Last, I don't think I've ever missed a Titans home opener to be honest with you. So it's gonna be weird sitting at home for week one, um, and I bet it's just gonna be a, a freaking gorgeous day, like seventy-five and sunny, like the perfect day. It'll to be probably be. It'll probably be perfect, dude. And I know, and it's just it, it hurts, but um, I understand. I think it's. Uh, I think Mayor John Cooper. I don't know how you guys feel about him, but uh, I think he's kind of handled all this poorly in some areas, and so I think it's. Yeah. it's Go ahead, Chris. I, I don't. I don't agree with Chad Withrow very often. Uh, no free shoutouts, but <laughs> he he made a good point on the radio today, and it's hard to disagree with this. I, first of all, just to state my stance, I firmly believe in in you know the social distancing and, and the mask mandate. I, I, my, I have a mom that's worked in the medical industry for thirty two years, so I believe that masks help. I believe that social distancing help. But the fact that we can't have a 20% capacity in a 70,000-person stadium yeah. when restaurants and strip clubs are open in Nashville, as Chad Withrow said, it makes it, it's just not logical. Um, I don't understand how a strip club, of all things, can be open, but you can't do a very low capacity in a huge sta- open-air stadium. Sure. Chiefs are open. Arrowhead Stadium is open for business. And I think we'll hear about more NFL teams doing that throughout the year. Um, I know, yeah. I think we heard the Jaguars um, who aren't having fans, but there's nothing new there about that. That's, that's, their stadium's going to look the exact same. Right. So I think that's one team who's also have no fans. And I think that the good, the, the positive news about this was that they said there's no fans week, the first the, the season opener. Week. Yes, I agree. So this is it. I mean, I guess they'll kind of play it by ear and that's fine. I think that's what they should do, but I'm with you, Chris. If uh, if 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 they can have restaurants and strip clubs, as Withrow stated, um, they can definitely find a way to let you know 15,000 fans in the stadium somehow, some way with social distancing and um, forcing them to wear a mask. I think it can definitely be done. So um, it's definitely frustrating, and uh, it's gonna be weird for a lot of fans who I know Brett would probably would have gone to the game. Chris would have found a way to go to the game, and I would have been there. So. Um, I know a lot of fans are kind of hurt right now, but uh, we'll kind of find a way to get through it and watch it from home and cheer on the boys. So um, other than that, some news this week, the Titans were working out quarterbacks. And you're thinking, why? They just signed Ryan Tannehill to an extension. Um, 
Yeah, but they don't have a backup quarterback. They're not in the position they were in last year with Marcus Mariota, um, you know, backing up Tannehill and I guess vice versa for a little bit too. But they got Logan Woodside and Cole McDonald as the two and three right now. And um, from what we've kind of been seeing on Twitter, Logan Woodside does not look great. And so they have brought in two quarterbacks this week and Deshaun Kaiser and Trevor Simeon. So very odd. Brett, what are your thoughts on that? It makes me wonder how Cole McDonald has looked as well. We we yeah. said before before that we definitely think that – and even Rhett told us last week too, and all three of us agreed that definitely think that there will be three quarterbacks on the roster when it's all said and done, on the active roster as well. But um, it, it definitely makes me think of not just Logan Woodside, but Cole McDonald as well. I know that they're working on his throwing motion. They're getting a loop out of it. And, and I, I really trust Pat O'Hara. I've always loved him as the quarterback's coach. I've always loved him before he came to the Titans. I have no issues – with what Pat will do with Cole, but the NFL is a, you got to get it and go. So, I mean, obviously we know Cole's not going to be the starter, but if, if Ryan were for to knock on wood, go down for whatever reason, we need to at least feel comfortable with who's going to come into the game. And so if, if Cole and and Logan both are getting it, then I can definitely understand why they bring somebody in. And now I know that Brabel said in his press conference that, Hey, Look, this is just something, and we know too, this is something that teams do every single year. They bring in guys at certain times just to test them out, just to give them a workout, just to see what what it would like, how they would fit in on the roster and, and things like that. But And if we get between Deshaun and, and Simeon, I definitely feel a lot more comfortable with Simeon than I do with Kaiser. But it just really makes me wonder how everything is looking past them. Because like we said, we saw how Woodside's been struggling. That also really makes me wonder if they bring in two guys how Cole McDonald has been looking as well. But, I mean, looking at the list of guys who are still available, those those two are probably the best option. I mean, Colt McCoy, I think, is still out there. And uh, Blake Bortles. Nope. Blake Bortles is still out there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Cody Kessler. Like, it, There's not a lot of good options on the, on the right. free agent quarterback market anyway, so – I think if you are going to bring someone in, you try to bring in somebody who whose skill set can can kind of mimic what Tannehill does. Um, but yeah, I mean, if I, th- I think maybe you give Woodside another week or two and just kind of see how how things are progressing. Um, but it's kind of worrisome seeing some of the tweets, sure. uh, like you said, Luke Warsham's tweets and stuff. Those. Those are uh, those are concerning for for the guy who would be in the role if, if Tannehill got hurt. And to to just read off Luke's tweet again, this is Luke Worsham from A to Z Sports. Uh, my big takeaway from the Titans' first day at practice: the backup quarterback position is a problem. Logan Woodside specifically was all over the place today. So, and uh, in, in the news about bringing in quarterbacks was on Monday, and so this is from a Tuesday tweet, and so. Um, I guess, you know, they've obviously noticed the problem for a couple of days now. And so they had to say, you know, just kick the tires. And again, who knows if they will actually get signed. Simeon and Kaiser may look even worse. So um, we've kind of noticed the trend too, guys. You guys can agree with me on this. The last couple of years when we had Marcus, um, they brought in Matt Castle at first to back up Marcus. It just has a veteran leadership kind of role. A guy, he's, you know, he's great in the, in the quarterback room. And then it was Blaine Gabbard. Uh, another veteran quarterback who's probably great in the, the quarterback room. And then they trade for Ryan Tannehill. And Tannehill backs up Marcus, rolls a reversed in Denver. 
And uh, the knock on Tannehill, if we remember, is that he wasn't healthy. He couldn't stay healthy in, in Miami. And so that was the, kind of the big thing um, about him. Why are you trading a fourth-round pick for a quarterback who can't stay healthy? So we can only hope and pray that he doesn't bring the health issues, you know, in 2020. And so we don't have to worry about this backup quarterback situation. I hope it's just a um, – right just a insurance kind of thing. So um, it's definitely going to be interesting um, if they actually do sign one of these quarterbacks. I wouldn't hate it. I, you know, Logan Woodside has been with the team. I think this is his third year, if I'm remembering correctly, um, out of Toledo. And so you would think by now he's kind of improved, but it's tough, man. I mean, he's kind of, he's, he's been the number three guy for a couple years now. So this is, he's, he's a number two. It's his time. Yeah, it's, I mean, he backup quarterback is a position in the quarter in, in the NFL. Like it is, it's its own role. Um, we've you know Chase Daniel has been the pinnacle of the backup quarterback by getting a couple yeah. contracts and making a crap ton of money by just being a backup quarterback. When it's his time to shine, he comes out and does not perform. <laughs> but um, it's still a it's still a role, and uh, being the backup quarterback is nothing to take lightly. You know, no, no. I mean, we, we mentioned this a couple weeks ago too. We mentioned a couple yeah. weeks ago too that this is Logan Woodside's time. Like they they drafted Cole McDonald, but we knew after last year that it was going to be Tannehill's team and Marcus was going to be moving on, and that's why we talked about it two three weeks ago, saying, "Hey, camp's about to start. It's time for Logan Woodside to say, hey, this is my number two job, and I want to take it.'" Absolutely. Well, something else that uh, caught my attention this week was uh, Mike Rabel. And Coach Vrabel has always a uh, way of talking to the media. And uh, he's kind of got a sarcastic tone to him, which I love. I think Vrabel's amazing. I've told you guys this time and time again. I have a huge man crush on Mike Rabel. Um, just how he leads the Titans and you know, kind of his, his uh, personality. But he said something this week to the media um, about Derrick Henry leaving practice and just saying, hey, if you guys have any suggestions on how to coach the football team, let me know and put them in the suggestion box. So that's kind of something I wanted to talk about with y'all. Um, you know, is there a suggestion? What would the suggestion be for you both if you had to suggest one thing to Mike Rabel for the 2020 season? Brett, you start. Man, my thing would be to – you know, I, I love trick plays and I love mm. everything like that. But my thing would be to just watch when you do it. And what, the one that I'm really pointing to last year is the Buccaneers game. Late in the fourth, there was no reason to fake that field goal. Yeah, and I remember Brett that. Kern, Brett Kern got drilled and he did fumble that football. We got away with that one. The Titans got away with that one there. He did fumble that football. But just plays like that. Like – and – when you go back to London two years ago, I didn't necessarily have a problem with going four and two against the Chargers, but a lot of people did. You had people that were half and half on that one, and you could have extended it against the Chargers there. But my thing would be to just – I'm totally fine with the fakes. I love trick plays. I love when Brett Curran throws it to Kevin Byron. I love when Kevin Byron catches it and runs with it on a fake punt. But just watch when you do it. You don't have to make it so obvious of when you might do it and watch the time when you do it as well. That's great. Uh, I agree with that as well. Um, I think this is kind of a, a, a Arthur Smith um, suggestion as well. Put two running backs in the backfield more often uh, like and, and use Derek as a decoy. I mean, the, last year, y'all, we all saw it firsthand. If Derek came out of the game and Dion went in, we knew we weren't running. 
running. <laughs> it just wasn't happening. You, they, they hardly ever ran it with Dion on the field. And and so if Derek would have still been out there for some of those plays, you still had the threat of him running, but you also had Dion as a, as a passing threat. And I think you're going to kind of have that same thing with Darrington, uh, but hopefully – more of a more of a running threat than than Dion was, um, so put them both out there at the same time. Hell, throw throw Blossom Game back there with them. Run run a heavy set, and just see what happens. Sometimes, I like that a lot. Actually, um, I think from what I've seen these last couple of days on Twitter that Darrington Evans has looked fantastic. Um, he's going to be a, a better change of pace back than than Dion was, and so I'm very excited to watch him this season. Um, I think. John Robinson has a way of finding guys and later around that, you know, are impact players will make an impact right away. So I think he's definitely somebody to, to watch out for. You know, if we start doing predictions, maybe a guy who has like over 500 yards rushing as a rookie. And that's kind of, that's a lot when you're talking about a, the, the starting running back who led the league in rushing a season ago and, and may do it again. So I think Darrison Evans will, will get a lot of carries this season. I truly do. Um, I asked this question on Twitter again. You can follow us on Twitter at second and victory. Um, we had some uh, replies back, some good ones. Uh, at London Titan, reply back and says, don't get cute on fourth and one. So kind of what you're talking about, Scoob Brett, um, with the trick plays. Um, at the GTL said, my suggestion would be re-sign Easy Money 81, which is John U. Smith. He's an important player that any other upcoming free agent, which I don't, I think he meant. He's, he's an important upcoming free agent is what he meant. But... Um, yeah, the Titans are gonna have to resign Jonu here soon. So that's a that's a that's a good one. Um, at Rishi Th with a bunch of numbers, higher of DC. I guess he's not confident in Vrabel and Shane Bowen this year, which I know Chris, you are. You've talked about that before. Yeah, very confident. So, um, at Greg Stenson said to win the Super Bowl. If only it was that uh, easy, Greg. Yeah, literally, that'd be nice. A uh, bunch of people said. Clowny, and that yes. was all the tweets said yes. on, on multiple responses. And we're still holding out hope for that, but um, I'm kind of, dude, I'm done with the clowny talk, to be honest with you, until it happens. There's been Bro, nothing. like like three weeks ago, you were saying that you hope people join us next week, and then at the end we said we hope that clowny is signed, and that yep. was two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and it's, we're still not there, so – we asked, we asked Red about it um, last week, and I told him, I said, you would think Clowney would want to be in training camp, want to want to build the chemistry and kind of get, you know, in some football shape um, before the season starts. And obviously, he doesn't care about that. He's still holding out for a massive contract, which, I mean, at this point, I don't, I don't see him getting. It, I think he's getting a one-year deal, and it's, it's yeah. going to be a show-me contract. I, then why not sign somewhere? Like, even if it's not with the Titans. Which yeah. we again all pray it is. Why not just go ahead and do that? If you if you think you're gonna that's, get 15, 15, 16 mil, sign. What are you waiting on? Do it. Yep. And and that's one of the things I really don't understand is, you know, I think uh, was it Justina Anderson or who, someone earlier this last week uh, said that they had spoke to Clowney and that blah blah blah. I don't really know exactly what the tweet said, but something in regards to. He's still not getting the, the money offer that he wants, and there's been multiple offers over $15 million, blah, blah, blah. Well, if the Titans are offering in that range of, of a, the number that everyone else is offering, why would you not want to play for the coach that you yourself have said you had your best year under? Right. 
I mean, Vrabel, Vrabel is the guy that can get you get you the the stats that you want, yeah, and the the play that you want to to get one of those huge money contracts. So why not just play the year at, at fifteen, sixteen million, whatever it is we're offering, and and build that build that cloud up. The Titans even signed his one of his best friends, Jonathan Joseph. Yeah. Like, so what you, you would think by now, Jonathan's shooting him a text, face someone like, "Hey, bro." When you sign in, when you come in, bro, like we're missing you. Come on. I mean, I you would think also, and if it was like a, you know, if, if John Robinson planned that out to get Clowney, genius move by him. It's chess, not checkers. But uh, obviously, it hasn't worked in his favor um, yet. So, yeah, I don't know. I think we're I'm, a, I'm we're no more Clowney talk on this podcast until it actually happens, if it's with the Titans <laughs> or not. So, we all right, go put your hand in, boys. Um, no more. So, um, one more. Somebody said. Uh, at Tyler Amarine, went to high school with him. Um, bring the mustache back for Vrabel. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's good. You gotta, gotta love Vrabel with the stash. But um, I – Exactly. Dude, Ricky rocks that mustache too. Bro, he does. He rocks that it's thing. thick. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Ricky guy. I'm going to go with uh, – I have been – I've talked about with, with you all forever. Um, I'm a big Corey Davis guy. Love Corey Davis. Um, I know I he has not got the production that we've all wanted to see him have and um, as a number five pick. But uh, my suggestion for Coach Rabel is to get Corey Davis more involved this season. Um, we know now that he started off in the PUP because he had toe surgery. Uh, he just got off of that. So he is fully healthy, 100% ready to go for the 2020 season. Get your former number five pick involved. Um, I even said – I'll go ahead and say it now because I have it on the podcast in a few weeks uh, for our predictions. My hot take, the Titans have two 1,000-yard receivers in 2020. Woo. Yeah. yeah. It's possible. Yeah. It's I mean – I, I, I do think it, it, the likelihood is low just because – Sure. You, you still got uh, Hump – uh, and and Janu and hopefully Darrington Evans and some other guys who are going to get a lot of catches. I, uh, I got I got something for y'all here in just a second. Go ahead, Chris. But you know I think I think between between this being a contract year for Corey, him being healthy, having a full off season uh, <laughs> as best we could have with COVID, yeah. um, with with Tannehill. And all of that, I, I think I think this will be a good year for Corey. Uh, I already personally, as as I've said before, Austin, you know, I think Corey's the best blocking wide receiver in the NFL. Oh, yeah. And that's, um, that's a stat. I mean, that's that's a that's a recognition nobody cares about. But you're, you're correct, Chris. Right. And and as a as a run oriented team like we are with with Derek back there, it's important to have a guy like that. Yeah. Um, but we know he can catch the ball. Uh, we've seen spurts of, of what looks like eliteness um, from him. I mean, that that Patriots play, uh, playoff game uh, where he just went off, man, that was that was a sight to behold. And I would love to have a season full of that from Corey Davis. Do you all think it's possible, if you, if you sit down and, and look at it, do you think that it's possible the Titans could have – it's hard, but do you think it's possible the Titans could have five separate guys with, we'll set it at 325, let's go 350 plus yards receiving, maybe 400 if you look at AJ, Corey, Hump, Janu, and we can throw in deep ball Khalif Raymond in there. 
Oh, shoot. Is it possible? Yeah, it's possible. I just think it d depends on a few things. Um, how much will Arthur Smith throw the ball in 2020? Um, you know, how, what's the offense going to look like, really, um, with the full Tannehill season? How balanced will it be? Will there be more pass plays, play action plays, than running plays? Will it be balanced? I think it, it's definitely possible, Brett, but I think it'd just be interesting how you balance the run game with right. feeding all those guys. And the Titans, you know, on paper, from a national perspective, don't have a lot of, you know, the offense doesn't scare you much. Right. As a Arizona or a Tampa or somebody like that. But um, the guys the Titans have are still dangerous nonetheless. Um, Khalif Rebbe made plenty of plays last season at the end. Um, burning cornerbacks left and right. We know what A.J. Brown can do. We know what Corey Davis can do. John, who's dangerous as well in the red zone. Um, you even got guys like uh, ASAP Ferkser. Um I don't know. What do you think, Chris? I mean, I, I think it's a guarantee that A.J. and Corey both have, what, 600-plus, you know, no matter what. Hump's going to probably have 400, 500-plus if healthy. Um, that's a guarantee if healthy. John o should have 400 plus if healthy. And then, I mean, I, I think Khalif will be, will have well over 300 yards. I mean, the, the dudes are, dudes are over the top. Yeah. Um, but you know, spreading, spreading that, that wealth around to, like you said, those backing guys like Khalif, Ferks, um, whoever, you know, Cam Batson or whoever ends up being the depth guys at wide receiver, Darrington Evans, uh, Derek's going to get some yards uh, catching the ball. You know, there's a, I think there's a lot of guys that could easily have 200 plus yards receiving at the back end of the roster. So looking at um, the stats, but last year, yeah, yeah, last, are you looking at last year? So last yeah. year, I mean, we had AJ with over a thousand, Corey with over 600, Johnny with over 400. Hump with 374, Tajay with 329. So I mean, right there, there's five guys with over 300 yards each. Yeah. So, and I would you would you would think Khalif takes Tajay's spot spot. Yeah. Um, so you have to find somebody else, you know, who whoever makes you know steps up and make those plays. But I'm telling you, I think um, I'm gonna stick with it. I think Corey Davis and AJ Brown are both in for a, over a thousand yard uh, seasons. Um. The receptions will go up for both those guys as well. Um, I'm just curious. You know, I would love to see games where um, if the offense is rolling, if Tannehill's rolling, um, they, you know, the, Arthur lets him throw the ball 35, 40 times a game um, to kind of, you know, lessen the load for Derek. But um, there'll be games as well where we see him throw 24 passes with, you know, 22 rushes for Derek as well. So it's going to be. I th we'll get a mixture of both, man. This is what's so cool about this offense is that uh, yeah. it's so so well balanced. So I'm excited, but uh, no, that's a that's a great point, Brett. Well, uh, listen, we are just again 25 days away from the season. Uh, we are fired up for it. Uh, we will have a few more podcasts between now and then. We'll definitely go ahead and give you a teaser. We'll have our prediction podcast here soon to give you our predictions for the 2020 season, player predictions, bold predictions, and our predictions for the, the record for the Titans in 2020. So be on the lookout for that. Um, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Second and Victory. Make sure to visit the website, broadwaysportsmedia.com, where right now you can get a membership for just $9.99 a month. Um, you'll get all – you get our podcast, of course, 
that you love. You'll get other podcasts like Football and Other F-Words, Coach's Corner, The Flex. Um, fantasy football is right around the corner as well. I know you're about to start drafting your leagues. And so check out The Flex. Uh, they do a great job breaking that down, and, and it will get you ready for the fantasy football season. Um, then you get, you know, read articles from John Glennon, Mike Herndon. Uh, then you can get a t- uh, tape of the Titan with uh, Justin Mello and Justin Graver, who do a great job with that. Um, they just put one out with Kareem Orr. So go check all that out. Uh, subscribe to our podcast. Rate five stars. Give it a listen. We always appreciate it. Um, you can find us on Apple Podcast and Spotify. But uh, for Chris Carter and Brett Batchelor, I am Austin Nelson. As always, tighten up. Tighten up.